Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to Colombian Influence. Uh, as usual, thank you for uh, coming back to um, listen to our podcast. Uh, as everyone is aware, now is a really, really weird time in not our country, but the world, which is just so bizarre to think about. Uh, with that said, uh, this evening, our podcast will be an interview uh, that I'm going to be doing by phone with our guest, Kristen, and Erica will not be here this evening um, just due to the coronavirus and everything. She has something she has to take care of tonight, um, but we do want to make sure that we have some content for you guys as you are moving forward with, you know, either social distancing or self-quarantine or even a mandatory quarantine for whatever reason, uh, but we just want to make sure that you guys don't go crazy <laughs> like some people might. Who knows? It's going to be a crazy time for everybody. So we just want to make sure we're all staying, uh, sticking together. And uh, if there are any requests or topics or maybe live video requests, uh, again, since a lot of people are kind of relying on home entertainment in this kind of way a lot more right now, please send them over. We would also just love to address any questions from people uh, we're still going to continue to interview as much as possible given the circumstances. So again, thank you so much all for returning and here's our interview with Kristen. Great. All right. Perfect. Well, first of all, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, you know, we're obviously trying to kind of broaden horizons every single possible way because no story is the same. Um, and I I remember when you and I met a couple years ago, which I realize actually I think is like four years ago now, which is so upsetting. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, you're right. It is almost four, four years. That's so crazy. Oh, my God. But for those who are listening, uh, Kristen and I met in a community theater show of Spamalot four years ago. Which is just ridiculous, but um, it no, was one of my favorite shows. Oh my god, same. Yeah, it was such a good time, and uh, I I remember you and I having that conversation. I think it was like in the dressing room, actually, before one of either Tech Week or something, where we're like, "Oh, we're both adopted." Like just that realization. Yeah. Yeah, I still remember that. <laughs> so I'm super feel? excited that you reached out and that you're you know willing to kind of talk about all this. Um, cause sure. we want to make sure everybody's comfortable doing that. Um, well, I guess we can just kind of dive right in. Um, if you just want to kind of start, um, telling us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, where you live now, ages, as far as, uh, when you were adopted and all of that. Yeah, I can definitely start with that. So, well, uh, as I had told or as I had sent, and actually, if you give me one moment, I'm just going to pull up the document that I had sent you, just so that... Oh, sure, sure. Like a bumbling fool. Oh, yeah, no, those help a lot. <laughs> yes, okay. So, I was born in Minnesota. So, when it comes to adoptions, I didn't get very far, because I was born in Fridley, Minnesota, and adopted at one month old uh, by my parents who live in Lionel Lakes. So... I didn't, I didn't move, honestly, geographically <laughs> all that far. Um, I spent the first 18 years of my life in Lionel Lakes with my parents, but now I'm 31 and I live in Coon Rapids, actually only five minutes away from my birth mom and younger sisters. 
my gosh. My youngest sister actually goes to the same elementary as my oldest son. Oh, my um, God. What? Was, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I cannot wait to pick this apart. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. It's interesting. And I also live within half an hour of my parents, so my mom and dad. They both still live in Lionel. My paternal grandfather, who I met a few years ago, he's, he lives up in Ramsey, and my half-brothers all live within, the, like, a half hour or two, and then my brother, who I grew up with, lives over in, my, or in White Deer Lake. So oh, my gosh. You're all I homegrown. I love it. To all of my family. That is so cute. Oh, my God. That's so classic Minnesota. I just, I don't know. I always talk about how small of a world. I think Minnesota, like, to me feels like so much of a smaller world than others. I don't know why. I just, oh, yeah. I feel that so hard. And I feel like, like these adoption stories are the epitome of that. And I just think that's hilarious. And that's just, oh, that's just so sweet. Yeah. That's so cool. So you said you were how old when you were adopted? I was about one month. So I one was month, born wow. in November and I was adopted right before Christmas on December 19th. Oh. So, yeah, it was a very exciting time for my parents, for sure, although I've been told that that first Christmas I was inconsolable and my Auntie Gail was the only one who could get me to calm down. Oh! I get to hear all the time. Oh, <laughs> so my that's auntie, so sweet. She's actually my birth, or my, um, my godmother, so my oh. Auntie Gail. Oh, that's so cool. That. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, that is so cute. Well, and I'm yeah. sure that's a really hard... I can't even imagine, like, adopting a baby. And are you also the... What, um... You know, do you have siblings in your adoptive family at all? Yeah, I do. So, I was... My parents adopted me because they were having a hard time getting pregnant. Okay. And they had actually had an adoption agency that they have been going through had fallen through. Oh. So, they... Yeah, so then they adopted me, and then it was one of those classic adoption stories where they adopted me, and then they got pregnant with my brother. Ah, uh, yeah. So my brother is only 19 months younger than me. Actually, to the day, he's exactly 19 months younger oh than me. Oh, my gosh. That and is also my crazy. poor mother. She goes from zero to two in a matter of months. Seriously. Oh, my gosh. That is bizarre. Well, I mean... I guess that worked out. I have heard of that happening quite a bit. Uh, and I know that, I feel like that's kind of a nice story that's outlined. That's probably the story that's outlined the most that I see in kind of pop culture in general. Um, sure. That's so funny though. Uh, so is that your only sibling? My only sibling was my mom and dad. So okay. I, I did, when I met my birth family, I did meet my younger um, half siblings on my birth mom's side and then on my birth father's side just a few years ago. Uh, but I like to joke that all my other siblings I kind of acquired in adulthood. So I, I you know, it, it's not quite the same as growing up with them. Oh, you know? no, so of course still, not. They're still family, and, and I still call, they're still my sisters, they're still my brothers. But it's definitely a different relationship than with my brother who I grew up with. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that's very different. I'm going to backtrack a little bit, too. Um, just going back to, and as we know, it's all taking place in Minnesota, so that keeps it a little simple. Uh, no need to yeah. get out your maps or anything to track this at no, all. <laughs> you make it very oh, easy you know, for us. It is confusing all yeah. the suburbs around the, around the Twin Cities. So, I mean, I sometimes can't even keep them. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, going back to the beginning, um, what were the circumstances surrounding your adoption? So, my birth mom was quite young. She was 
16 when she was pregnant with me and then 17 when she gave birth to me. And she and my birth father, who they actually were both in gymnastics, which is how they met. Um, oh, my gosh. They, he was young as well, and he was also he was also in the Marines, um, so just not home a lot. Mm-hmm. And they just, they wanted to be, they wanted me to have a stable home life, and they didn't feel like they'd be able to give that to me, especially with how young they were, um, which is why they decided to have me adopted. Was he the same age, or... He was a few years older. A few years older? 19. Okay. Okay, interesting. And that, when it started off, was that an open or a closed adoption? So it was a closed adoption, although my birth mom and her family have a slight tie to my uh, my mom and dad and their family. Oh, okay. I'm going to get some more details and then I'm ex- loop, loop back to that. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess then just kind of going back to your... Um, your family growing up and everything, what was your, well, what was your growing up like? What was your relationship like with your parents and with a brother with, you know, such close in age, which is, you know, right. good and bad, probably. <laughs> oh, it was good and bad, depending on the, on the day. No, I loved, I mean, Joe and I were really close growing up. My brother and I were really close growing up until um, probably high school when we started just having different interests. Sure. You know, um, but so we, we were always pretty close. I will say, and this is just kind of like a funny thing. So my parents were always open with me about the fact that I was adopted. Like mm-hmm. they never, I honestly don't even remember a time not knowing because even from a young age, they would read me picture books about adoption oh, and they were always very clear. They were always awesome. very clear to me that I was adopted. Like there was never, I don't remember a time not knowing, So I was, I, I always have appreciated that because I never had that moment growing up where, you know, I had to sit down and they had to be like, you're adopted. Right. I never, you know, had that because they always told me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've really appreciated that. So the funny thing is, though, is we always celebrated my adoption day. They call it my gotcha day. Mm-hmm. And we always celebrated it by I got to choose where we would go out to eat mm-hmm. on that day. And we would always go out to eat to whatever restaurant I chose. My brother... Oh, for so many years, he was so jealous. He'd ask my parents, he'd like, why don't I get a gotcha day? <laughs> and and they're like, they would try to explain to him, they're like, well, it's your birthday. And he's like, but she gets a gotcha day and a birthday. And they're like, well, your birthday is your gotcha day for us. And he was like, that's not fair. Like, <laughs> he was just... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> he was so, again, yeah, the whole... He just wanted his own gosh today, I guess. It was just kind of funny. Um, <laughs> so was that always but, celebrated for you as a kid, even? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. See, we... I just feel like I wasn't really exposed to that being an option, I guess. So, like, I kind of just decided. It was one of those things where I was kind of taking the reins with my own life and, you know, wanting to do those kinds of things. So, like, I decided I wanted to celebrate it because um, we have an episode... Uh, about birthdays and that I'm not particularly fond of my birthday. So this kind of, uh, that kind of explains why. However, with sure. things like an adoption day, like I think that's just, you know, it uh, going back to kind of like what I say in that particular episode, we're basically like, I'm just saying that it's, that is the day that your to me, that like my soul came to be and like my, my actual person 
as who I am right now became something, you know? And I mean, I think with uh, Erica and I being from another, a whole nother country or, you know, continent, you know, it's very different. So there's a lot more um, identity, you know, questions when it comes to that. But I don't know. I think that's so cool that your parents like did that pretty much from the get go. Like they did. Oh my gosh. I, I mean, I don't know exactly what year it started because obviously when I was like two or three, I probably wasn't too, I wasn't, I didn't know a bunch of restaurants yet, but for the longest time, there was multiple years in a row where I insisted we would go to old Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) It was like my favorite restaurant. I don't know why. I think it was the cherry Pepsi, honestly. Oh my God, how cute. Yeah. So it was, it was an annual thing. We don't really celebrate it too much anymore. We don't really go out to eat as a family. Um, I'm about to eat anymore now that I'm an adult. But sure. We do. I mean, they'll, they'll both call me on that day. Yeah. So oh, my God. That's so cool. Uh, I haven't heard of yeah. a lot of people where that's, like, happened so consistently. Was it kind of around the same hoopla as, like, your birthday? Or how was how did it compare to that? Well... You know, it was more personal. It was just our family. So mm. it was only ever to see my mom and dad and me and my brother who would gotcha. go out and celebrate my gotcha day. Gotcha. My birthdays were always different. Normal kid birthday kind of thing. It was like, yeah, it was normal kid birthdays. So, you know, kid birthday parties with my friends. And then for family, I have a lot of cousins on my dad's side, including some who are adopted as well. Um, and a few of us had birthdays all in like the November, December, fall time periods. So we kind of all celebrate them at once. Gotcha. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. And you said that you, um, let's see here, that your parents basically kind of the general um, usual reason where it's that they were unable to conceive naturally and then ended up uh, having one naturally after they adopted you, which is, uh, you know, again, pretty common. That's crazy with the age difference, though. That's so funny. Um, and so do you have generally a pretty good, like, family dynamic as far as your family goes? Yeah, I would say so. Um, my mom and I are very close, and she actually watches my boys. For me, I have two kiddos, um, and I, I work from home, and so it's really important that (laughs) they're not bursting in on me when I'm teaching live sessions or things like that. So she, she's been watching them for me which has been wonderful and they love they love her they call her Mimi so they love their Mimi and they yeah we have a really great relationship and my dad is you know same way like there's a a problem and it's usually like you know if I can't get a hold of my husband because he's at work I'm calling my dad I'm like dad yeah (laughs) you know so he's in I mean I couldn't have been at the have been placed with two better people in my opinion like they're oh that's they're, amazing they've been wonderful um, a wonderful mom and dad and yeah it my life wouldn't have been the same without them oh that's amazing uh, with then, kind of, I know you have some because um, I you and I haven't talked really the details ever, but I know you have done the search for the birth family. So, yeah. how did that search start? When did you decide you wanted to do that, and when did it happen? How long was the process? Just let's start with kind of the basics. Okay, sure. Part of this might end up. I'm going to try to stay on track, but it. Part of it does have to do with that relationship that they kind of oh, had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if, I, if, if you maybe wanted me to touch on that first, because that could kind of help explain how sure. I got in contact with my birth mom. Yeah, go ahead. Sure. Um, 
Sure. So you, my adoption was through Lutheran Social Services, and mm-hmm. it was a closed adoption. However, prior to going through Lutheran Social Services, my birth mom had heard of my parents through her dad. Oh. Because her dad knew my mom's dad. My mom's dad owned a company in Shoreview, and my birth mom's dad had done business with him, and they also would go on these fishing trips together with a couple other guys. Mm-hmm. And it was on a fishing trip in 1988, the year that I was born, that they shared stories with each other that would end up changing my life because my my mom or my so my birth mom's dad told my mom's dad. I'm trying to be clear about who is still here. Um, how his youngest daughter had gotten pregnant and they were looking for a family to adopt her child who wasn't born yet, me. And my grandpa, Bob, my mom's dad, was talking about how his daughter and son-in-law had tried for years to get pregnant and had been looking into adoption, but their first adoption attempt had fallen through. And then I I kind of would like to imagine that they both had this, like, aha moment. Yeah. Um, You know, where they're both like, oh, hey. Oh, my God. So it was literally my adoption technically started on a fishing trip. Oh my gosh, that is so, that's so Minnesota. (laughs) It is completely Minnesotan. So she met with, my birth mom met with my mom and dad and decided that they would be a good fit. And so after that, everything else was through Lutheran Social Services. So knowing that, knowing that there was that connection, um, let me pause you. Let me pause you really quick. You said that your adoptive parents and your birth parents met they did oh my she wanted gosh. She, my birth mom was wanted to meet the parents before she would agree to have wow. them adopt her adopt me oh so, wow so she was pregnant with me they met at a restaurant what oh my gosh talked. yep and then anything everything after that was done through Lutheran Social Services for the legality purposes and everything. Wow, I'm kind of surprised they allowed that with it being closed. Although I uh, there's a lot about uh domestic and well, mainly domestic uh adoptions that I don't know about as far as closed sure. versus open cuz open that was happens all but the, that was all before they went through Lutheran Social Services though. So like the Oh, I guess that's true. Yeah. Wow. So when she met with my parents, it was all before they started doing their, like, official wow. paperwork. Yeah, no, so the next part kind of kind of cool. Um, so I was in my last year of college at Winona State, and my husband and I, we were engaged at a time, but we had set a date finally for our wedding for the upcoming year, and I hadn't contacted her yet. With the close adoption, I could have contacted my birth family after I turned 19, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. I was in college. I just didn't, I didn't feel quite ready, you know? Sure, yeah. Um, and, but at that point in time, I was 21, almost 22. I was a year away from, less than a year away from getting married. And I just really felt that with all these big changes in my life, I was at the t- point where I was ready to contact mm-hmm. her, my birth mom specifically, and maybe, you know, kind of hope that things would go well because I really wanted her to be able to be there for some of those big things, especially my wedding. Sure. So I originally looked into going through Lutheran Social Services, but there is a fee involved in finding information or in getting the information, or at least there was when I was looking. Like I, I, I think that's pretty standard still. 
So my dad, when I told him, because I was this poor college student saving up for her wedding, and I was wanting to contact her, but then I, you know, came across that C and I told him about it, and he's like, what's bullshit? We can just call her parents. <laughs> um, so, because of that connection, because they had that prior connection, they still had her parents' contact information. Did you know so all called, of this going into that? I didn't know that they had her contact and their contact information, no. Did you know the I whole knew, story as to how they connected? No, that is something that I was told later oh, from wow. um, her, her dad, so my my birth mom's dad, my grandpa Jim. Oh, my gosh. Um, wow. Yeah. Um, and so my dad called her parents, who then called her, and um, on my 22nd birthday, my my mom called me. I had been napping between classes <laughs> because I was a college student and I was all, I, I was usually pretty good about studying between classes, but I'm like, it's my birthday. I'm going to nap. Um, <laughs> birthday nap. <laughs> yes. And my, I know, I was really a big partier in college, as you can tell. <laughs> and my mom calls me and wakes me up from my nap and says, just so you know, I got off the phone with your birth mom and she's like, me calling you today. I mean, obviously she knew it day it was and so I had one more class left that day but I don't even remember really what the professor was talking about I did tell him ahead of time that she might call during the class and she did end up calling wow. me like the last five minutes uh, so I ran out the door and my professor I remember um shouting after me as I was running out he's like good luck oh, so, oh my god yeah, it was really big oh, awesome. I talked to her on the phone for the first time ever on my 22nd birthday oh and I thought god. I was yeah, I, it was it was wonderful. I thought I was gonna have the big news, saying that I was engaged, you know. And, and then she called and was like, "Well, you have six sisters." <laughs> what? Like, what? Yeah, six sisters. Six half sisters. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. <laughs> After I had grown up with one brother, <laughs> I found out I had six sisters. Plot twist. <laughs> I was like, what do I do with all Oh, my gosh. And you got to make another table at the wedding. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is yeah. nuts. Yeah. Wow. And so then after our phone call, we decided we wanted to meet in person. During this phone call, by the way, she did. Um, so she shared a lot about her and my sister. She also shared with me um, something kind of interesting. So you had... I wasn't originally going to bring this up, but you had mentioned those small Minnesotan, like those small towns. Like yeah, small, small world, world, yeah. She and her um, now ex-husband had been actually kind of slightly Facebook-stalking me for a little bit, only because um, her her ex-husband had actually gone to grade school with my dad's youngest sister. Oh, my gosh. And they were friends on Facebook. Oh, my gosh. So, like... My birth mom had seen my aunt Facebook as he was as her ex husband was scrolling through. Was like, like, and she saw the last name, and she's like, "I wonder if that's the same." And it, you know, it was the same last name. And she was my dad's sister, so it was just very oh my moment. So they actually have been kind of slightly Facebook stalking me. Not that you could see much, because I had a very private profile, but still. Man, anyway, yeah, social know. media in this kind of thing is just—it's so crazy how that takes a role. Oh, I know. And then actually, social media helped me get in contact with my birth father's side of the family later on. But um, in in the phone call, she she 
she did tell me that my birth father had passed away when I would have been about nine. Oh, wow. So I think that's, that's partly just knowing that he had died um, was partly why I just, I didn't reach out right away to the family. So I just wasn't sure how to navigate that. I oh, had just met sure. my birth mom and her family. I had a bunch of sisters I had to deal with all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. Deal with. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, no, yeah, you had to, you had to work on a whole different dynamic that you didn't grow up with and like you said before it's growing up with siblings versus having them later is going to be you know crazy crazily different it is different not to say that I don't have a good relationship with them I do it's just I didn't grow up with them I wasn't fighting with them for you know clothes or the bathroom (laughs) Well, yeah, and you don't know how they grew up anyway, so that's a huge thing of knowing your siblings as an adult, is knowing how they grow up, obviously. Yeah. Wow. So actually, five days after that phone call, we had decided to meet in person, so we both, she was living up in Alexandria at the time, and I was down in Winona, so we met in um, the Maplewood Mall at Caribou. Oh! That's where we had met for the first time. We even got a picture with Santa together. Oh my God! No way. <laughs> yep. Because it was around. It was. It was. You know, right before Thanksgiving. So there was. Sure. <laughs> How cute. Yep. Um, and so they did end up going to my wedding. My first mom and um, her, um, my sisters. And I remember one of oh my, my sisters. Gosh. She was really young at the time. Not my youngest, but. Um, my second, my second youngest sister, mm-hmm. um, she, she was so cute. She was by the, um, head table almost the whole night, just like looking up and she's like, you look like a princess. I remember Aww. she said at one point, it was adorable. She's now in her teens, so it would probably be really embarrassed if I had mentioned her by name. So I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is so, so cool. And that was how yeah. many years ago you said? That was, oh my gosh, that would have actually, it'll be 10 years this November. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, you've come a long way then, and you seem to, I guess, I mean, to me it sounds like things are still going well. Have there ever been any kind of, like, rocky, you know, times that you have to kind of navigate with that relationship? And are you guys still in contact? We are still in contact. Rocky times, not with my birth mom or my sister. There was some rocky times when she was divorcing her non husband, but that wasn't, I mean, that didn't affect our relationship, sure. you know? Uh, as for just kind of interesting re- relationship-wise, I mean, she lived like five minutes from me. Oh, my God. And so that's why my youngest sister is going to the same elementary school as my oldest kiddo. So my oh oldest my kiddo God. is in first grade. And my youngest sister is in fifth grade this year. So oh, my gosh. At the same school. Wow. And, and they, I know. And if they both stay in the same school district, that means that when they're in high school, <gasps> so, um, my, when, my old, or when my youngest sister is a senior, my oldest kid will be a freshman. Oh, my gosh. School. Wow. Yep. Yeah, he likes. He, his friends actually were kind of laughing they didn't believe him that his auntie went to school oh my gosh oh my gosh and did that just kind of end up like I I don't even I don't even know oh my gosh I'm just kind of like I'm just stunned right now that is so crazy it is crazy 
Oh my gosh. So it's all, um, so it sounds like you have still a really good relationship with your birth mom. What kind of, uh, what kind of relationship do you have now? Like how frequently do you see her? Do you do holidays with her? What kind of stuff goes on there? Yeah, we do do holidays, although with having so much more family now, we kind of, and all of our family understands, we holiday, we holiday junk, so we won't spend, like, if we do Thanksgiving with my husband's family one year, we'll do mm-hmm. it with my birth mom's family the next, and then maybe you, my, my mom and dad's family the next. You know, like, we, we okay. try to, like, holiday junk. It's, it's a lot. We made the mistake one year of doing, like, you're not in Christmas in, and that was a lot. Oh, so no. I just scale back. Because, <laughs> you know, there's also, you know, like, we've got my husband's mom's side of the family, and then his dad's yeah. side. Yeah. It's just crazy. So, yeah, we do do holidays. I see her, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, we're only living five minutes away. I don't actually see her as much as I probably could, mm-hmm. partly because she's fairly busy. All of my sisters are in hockey. Oh, and what's that age yeah. range? Um, so my next closest in age sister is eight years younger than me. Um, oh, wow. So I have three sisters who, who are a little bit older, so, you know, like 20, 21, 22, around that age. And then my three youngest sisters are, one is in high school, one is in middle school, and one is in elementary. Wow. Man, yeah, that is hockey, so it's a busy schedule. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure she's real busy, but you know, it's cool that you have her still so close. Like, that's yeah, gotta feel good. You know, just being able to have that relationship. Um, it does. Yeah. Would you say that your relationship feels like she's your birth mom, or like, or like your mom, or does it feel like? relative just kind of general relative or friend or does it how does that relationship feel to you well and I was very clear when I started looking for or wanting to get in contact with her I told my mom and dad that it wasn't going to like my relationship with my birth mom was not going to change anything with them like they're my mom and dad and that's kind of stayed the same so like even though even though she's in my life um she's definitely more of a, a close relative and friend in mm-hmm. a way. Um, you know, she's she's still she's um my boys I call her grandma. She's part of their lives as mm-hmm. well, and and you know it's just she's not a mother figure to me because of that. My mom is my mom. You sure. Know? Oh I yeah. Always, for me, differentiating like that really helped going into this whole process because. Hmm. I didn't want to, my parents raised me, my mom and dad raised me, they're my mom and dad, and I yeah. didn't want them to feel like I was taking away from that by trying to reach out. I wanted to reach out because I wanted to know more about about my birth mom and about my birth father's family eventually when I reached out to them a few years ago, and I, mm-hmm. I just wanted to have that connection. Sure. As a child of adoption, you probably can understand, like, that kind of desire to have a connection to what, you know, so. Yeah, and then, so then going back to uh, your birth father, you said that you found out, I think, pretty immediately that he had passed away already? Yes. Do you want to go into that? Otherwise, if not, that's totally fine. No, it, it was kind of a weird moment, I will say, because... You know, and talk, knowing his family now, I know he's very missed. 
but he mm. was 27 when he Oh died. my gosh, whoa. He was really young. Um, he had been out with friends and but and from what I understand of the situation, he was walking to he was walking and he ended up being hit by a drunk driver. Oh my gosh. And killed, obviously. I'm pretty sure there was a court proceeding about it and everything, but my birth mom told me a little bit of the details, and then I learned more later when I had met his family, but it it was just a really sad circumstance all around, and even my brothers, who I now know, um, so I have two half-brothers from his side, um, they, they don't even remember him either, because they would have been about three and four when he, yeah. when he died, so... Wow. That's, oh man, that's so sad. I Did you, you said that was just a few years ago that you reached out to that side? It was. It was kind of a crazy day because I, so I'm also a self-published author and I was trying to keep up with my writing and I needed to get writing done. And so my husband was like, yeah, it was a Saturday and he said, I'll watch the boys in the morning so you can get some writing done. Thank you. And then I immediately started going down the rabbit hole of the internet and <laughs> got myself a two-week subscription, like free trial subscription to Ancestry.com because I wanted to get more information oh. on my birth father's uh, obituary. Oh. That was all the reason that I had gone on there. But then I had noticed when I got when I looked up his obituary, because I knew it when he died, so I was able to find it. Um, I then noticed that someone had added things to his obituary on Ancestry and then also had added things to the obituary for what would have been my birth father's mom, who had only passed away in 2017. So me being the super smooth that I am, I'm like, you know, 2017, people post obituaries on Facebook and things like that all the time. So yeah. I go back to Facebook. I'm totally not doing any writing at this point. <laughs> I go to Facebook and I look up the name of this person and the name of my uh, birth father's mom and sure enough, I find a hit for a post on her obituary. Oh my gosh. So so I messaged this person totally, again, feeling like a super smooth at this point and just let that person know a little bit about my history and the fact that I was adopted and who my parents were and he responded actually almost right away um, that he knew who I was. They were He was very shocked to hear from me as it was a closed adoption and uh, he had he, he, he was my he is my birth father's half brother so he's my uncle. Oh, okay. He was the one who let me know about my my brothers on that side and he told me what their Facebook profiles were so I reached out to them that day and they both responded uh, and it turns out that they lived nearby oh and gosh. were free that evening oh my was, gosh as was my birth father's dad um, oh my gosh so I went from procrastinating on writing to going on ancestry to look up his obituary stuff to meeting my half-brothers and my birth father's dad that same night. We all met at the Northtown Mall. <laughs> that is so... Oh, my gosh. This is so crazy. Day. Like, our last interview was also, like, super local. And 
it was the same kind of thing. Like, this happened, and then it, within, you know, a very short amount of time, things happen, like, so quickly. That's so nuts. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And how was that, yeah. how was that meeting, then? Well, my brothers were both very shocked, as they did not know about me. Mm. So, not shocked in a bad way. They were actually excited because they had only had brothers. Oh, uh, cute! And they're only sister. <laughs> so, oh, that is so funny. So, they were very shocked and excited to find out that they had a sister. And my birth father's dad, I know, was also very excited to meet me as they never thought they would, just because it was a close adoption. And you really just, because that you don't know if people are going to try and reach out or not, you know. So. Yeah, it's definitely a big question mark on for a lot of reasons. That is so crazy. And do you still have a relationship with them? I do, yes. Actually, I just saw my birth father's dad the other day. They, he, he's a big reader and is Aww. very much enjoying the fact that I'm a writer. And so he, he was just over the other day to share some books with me and then also pick up my most recent book that I've just published. So. Oh my gosh, how cool. That's, oh, I love hearing about like the, just kind of the, you know, hobbies and passions and, and talents that kind of, you know, I feel like a lot of those do come from where I've been raised, but there is something that, you know, goes along with having that in your blood and having that within your family of that just kind of being your natural instinct. So yeah, that's, oh, that's just a really cool extra, you know, layer to your relationship, which is really cool. And you said that your, your kids uh, spend time with him too? Yes, so we haven't seen, uh, so we don't get together super often, but I mean, people are always so busy, and now it's the sure. coronavirus, Ugh, people aren't yeah. getting together right much at all. Yeah. <laughs> but we had just done, like, a little Christmas celebration, like, right before Christmas, and they got to see some, uh, one of my brothers has a little girl Mm-hmm. who is just a few weeks younger than my youngest. So it's been very fun because the boys all of a sudden got cousins, you know. And, That's so cool. Um, yeah, so we, we do see them occasionally as much as we're able to. Everybody's busy. And my that brother, the one who they get to see the cousin of, usually he's in school right now, but he's extra busy because he's in school and working and doing the dad thing. So. My goodness. Well, yeah, that definitely fills a schedule for sure. Uh, with your um, with your family, then, like with your immediate family of your husband and your kids, what was the, or I guess I don't know. First of all, uh, your two sons; those are you have biological um, children at this point. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, we had considered adoption mainly because I'm a huge proponent of it. I just, when we had our second, we just realized that two was quite enough. Um, sure. <laughs> I had always kind of wanted three, but then two is proving to be two handfuls. I think a lot of people so, feel that way. I'm sure my parents do. <laughs> yeah. So you're not alone. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, we they are biological. I'm very lucky that I take after my birth mom in the sense that I had was able to conceive fairly easily and my pregnancies were 
you know, no problems really. And sure. So. Interesting. It was, yeah, so we have two wonderful children, and they have lots of extra family. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. They, they are seriously a riot when you post things on Facebook. I love... Especially now, since the coronavirus, there's been so much of people, like, having to make do with what's going on. And Mm -hmm. there's just, I don't know, but even way before this, there's always been, like, the funniest stories from your kids. So I love that you share that on Facebook. Um, It's really cool that they have such a, you know, such a variety with their family. Because that's, like, that's so rare. And, like, the fact that they kind of, and remind me of their ages, they're four and six right now. Four and six. So, like, once they get older, I mean, there's going to be that huge component of kind of understanding that family doesn't mean one thing. And I think that's something that's really right. important when people are talking about kids understanding this that aren't adopted. Because I think that's kind of mm-hmm. where the education is completely completely limited. There's no such a thing. Like, it doesn't seem like that's anything that's addressed with kids that are from just a, you know, a family that's all biologically related, it doesn't seem like that's anything that happens unless you are somewhat related to it. And I think that's kind of what we're trying to do is trying to bridge the gap because it should be something that's just talked about as far as a family because a family doesn't mean just one thing. Um, Right. Have they... I don't know. I mean, I guess at that age, I don't quite remember, like, with my friends who have uh, little girls who are now, like, eight and seven, not quite sure about, like, where they would have been at that point, like, especially at four. But, I mean, at six, have you, did you ever, like, have, or, like, have you, like, read those uh, picture books to them about adoption at all? Or, like, talk to them about what that means? No. Um, They, they don't fully deaf. I mean, I, I haven't actually personally read any adoption books to them, although it's a great idea. I just haven't. They've always, we've just always talked to them about that mommy's adopted and Grandma Sue, you know, gave birth to me, but Mimi and Papa, Mimi and Papa, uh, they were the ones who raised me and mm-hmm. kind of always been really open with them about that process. That's really cool. I mean, I'm sure they will be, uh, much more well-versed than the <laughs> average kid in something like this eventually. But, right. yeah, I don't really... I I hadn't really thought about it much until I was talking to my friend's little girl a couple weeks ago when my friend and I were talking about this podcast in front of her, and I was just like, wait a minute, do you even know that I'm adopted? Like, because she and I have a very uh, close relationship. You know, she's, sure. she's eight. I've been around her since she was born. <laughs> so it's like we've been... We're pals, you know, we're friends. So, like, we can talk really casually about things like that. And I'm like, I don't even know that I've ever mentioned that. Because, like, as much as, like, her and I being, like, pals, like, we don't have conversations where people, where she would ask me, so where are you from? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) because that's usually where this conversation goes to. Like, especially for those of us who are internationally adopted. Like, that's the easy, that is the time to mention it. You know what I mean? So, you know, that's, it's just crazy because it just doesn't seem like that's, at all in people's radar until it comes up, which it could very well not for a very long time, especially if you're from maybe a smaller town that just, that doesn't happen. You know, or kind right. of in the South where maybe that might not happen as much. Yeah. But, yeah, there's a lot of different components there that's uh, 
something we want to tackle. <laughs> um, right, exactly. Yeah, so as far as, I guess, with everything, it doesn't sound like it, but I'm going to ask anyway. Did you, do you now or did you ever have any regrets with searching for your birth family and, I guess, now finding them and having them in your life? I don't really have that many regrets about it. Maybe about not reaching out to my birth father's side sooner. Okay. Only because, you know, I did miss out on possibly getting a chance to meet my birth father's mom since she did pass away in 2017. But Mm. other than that, I really, I don't, you know, I'm really grateful that they're in my life in the capacity that they are. Mm -hmm. And... I guess I kind of lucked out in the sense that it did go so well for meeting both my birth mom's side and my birth father's side. Sure. And I think that is something that's really scary for a lot of people, you know, and... Oh, definitely. Because Erica got even really lucky with that, with being even an international adoption. That's a huge chance to be taking. And, like, yeah, that's, that's just a whole other angle. But, I mean, that's good to hear that it's, you know, the only regret was kind of an optimistic regret where it was just wanting more from what you currently have so that's that's amazing like I oh my gosh I just I love how great your story turned out with just the people involved I just think that's so great to kind of give that light at you know that people can strive for and although it's not going to happen to everyone you know it seems like you just now have a bigger family which is really cool right that's exactly how we treated. Mm-hmm. Although my husband kind of groaned a little bit, I think, when I did tell him. I came out, I'm like, so I haven't been writing, you know, and I, <laughs> like, about my birth father's family, and he's just like, more family? He's an introvert, so he, you know, it was... Oh, my gosh. Into, I think, more than me. <laughs> Bit of an adjustment, I guess. <laughs> yes. Well, then, yeah. um, I guess... Going over to how, just overall in your life, how do you think, like, your adoption has affected your mental health, if at all? Do you feel like you have any uh, any of the run-of-the-mill adoption issues that Erica and I discuss as far as resentment or abandonment? Do you really resonate with any of that? Not so much. Like I said, and I think it's probably because of how my parents always were very open with me that I was adopted. They always celebrated my adoption day. I was, it was, I was, I always knew why I was adopted. They were always very clear as to, like, they, even though it was a closed adoption, they did, you know, say, like, when I was a little older, say, you know, that kind of why, which is that, you know, she was young, and they didn't give details, but they always made it very clear that the decision to have me adopted was made out of love, so I didn't end up having a lot of the resentment that I think can come along with being adopted. I did... I wouldn't say abandonment necessarily, but as a child with an active imagination, I would imagine like random people that would be passing in, or, and I'd look at them and I'd say, I wonder if this is. Oh my gosh, Erica and I said the same thing. Yes. Oh my God, like passing random people while. thinking maybe that's them. Right. Oh my gosh. For a little while, there was a bus driver in, I think, elementary school who I was convinced was like my birth mom undercover. Stop! (laughs) (laughs) And it's embarrassing to admit now because it's like so implausible. But it's like, you know, when you're a very imaginative 
elementary school kid, <laughs> and you're adopted, and you, you, you know that you're, yeah. you were adopted from Minnesota, you're like, well... And know. it could be anyone, it really could. Yeah. Like, for you folks that have been from Minnesota this whole time, I am just, like, I feel like my question marks would have been so much, like, strongly driven just because of, like, the fact that it is such a small world here, and everyone right. knows everyone, and it's, you know, it's just, oh my gosh, that is so funny that you say that, because Erica and I say the same thing, and even though we're international adoptions, I think that is something that just kids, you know, that's the one thing that they can make sense of, I would say. Right. Like, I think that's the one thing that, because they're looking, like, for someone that looks like them. Yep. You know, and I mean... I look a lot like my birth mom. It's oh, really? Very, yes, I do. Oh, that's so cute. Did you ever, like, did you ever feel like you didn't look uh, at all like your adoptive family? Or was, I mean, did that really ever cross your mind? I guess in Minnesota, I mean, that's less of an issue. Well, right, I was going to say in Minnesota, we all look fairly, you know... Fair? So, <laughs> yeah. Scandinavian and Norwegian, and, you know, so it... I'm actually, I have had family members, like extended family members, who have forgotten that I am, just because I do look a decent amount like my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, you know, that <laughs> never was really an issue. I'm sure it's more of an issue for, like, my cousins who are adopted. Um, I have one who's adopted from India and one from Guatemala. So. Sure, yeah. Yeah, and that's obviously a whole different component. And, like, even Erica and I don't understand that, because we are some, like, the Colombians, typically there's... Uh, some that are going to have, you know, much darker skin and thicker, more coarse hair, whereas she and right. I both have the same kind of curls. We're more, like, you know, paler, and, you know, living in Minnesota doesn't necessarily help that. <laughs> so we can blend no, in yeah. enough. We can blend in enough right. where it's not blatantly obvious all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, I would assume, probably not a huge thing, but I get it with, like, looking at strangers and thinking, maybe that's them, but... Right. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Did you feel any sort of way, I guess, when when you did meet your birth mom? Was there any sort of issues that came up then? No. I remember thinking, wow, she's really open because she was, she's always, and she's always been like, just very, she doesn't care to, like, if she shares very personal details. And I remember, like, sitting there, she was sharing some details of, of giving birth to one of my sisters. I'm like, oh, okay. She is just a very, oh, wow. very open person about this. <laughs> yeah. Think, <laughs> well, but you know, it was, I guess anything, it was just a, kind of an eye opening. Like, okay, she's very open with these kind of things. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I was nervous obviously, but I remember being very excited too. And, Mm-hmm. very grateful that we got to meet and have that opportunity and yeah so I guess then just based on everything that you have been through and everything that you've done uh regarding that what advice would you give um to people like kind of in our age demographic or kids learning that how to navigate that you know people that are maybe you know teens and younger or, like, parents that are planning to adopt? What kind of advice, sure. and ex- like, based on your experience, would you give? Well, 
just advice in general, and I'm sure you've heard this and know this a lot, but it's not the blood that makes you family. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, you know, if your family or family, it's not blood that makes you that. Mm-hmm. I'm just as much as part of the family as my non-adopted cousins and siblings, you mm-hmm. know, so, um, and I guess, you know, for people who are adopted out there, don't let fear of the unknown keep you from reaching out because you won't know until you do. It's just Mm -hmm. one of those things. It might not be what you ideally wanted when you reach out. In my case, it ended up being all right, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know that's not the case all the time, but you won't know until you do reach out. And I guess my other piece of advice for parents who are adopted, even if it's a closed adoption, I don't think it does anything good for a kid's mental health if you hide the fact that they're adopted until they're a certain age. Oh, definitely. And I don't know anybody personally where that's happened, but I am on this kind of forum thing on Facebook with adult adoptees and people are saying like, I'm 35 and two years ago I found out I was adopted. I'm like, that blows my mind. I mean, I, I know. Oh, I hope there's enough like mental health awareness at this point and like education, especially with something like this. And I know, I know adoptive parents, like they go through a lot with everything to adopt. So I'm, that obviously is probably a huge thing, especially now Because I cannot imagine. And I think that does help a lot. The fact that, you know, and I think that really contributed to you having such a good outlook on everything, both in your family you grew up with, as well as meeting like your birth mom and adding that to your family is just the fact that that was so celebrated and just so monumental and important in who you are always, you know, it's like that didn't change for any reason no. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. That's not to say that my parents weren't nervous about me reaching out. They were, but they also supported me too. You know, they didn't tell me. Well, and me I'm not sure they were probably my only. Dad even, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I was going to say my dad even was the one who called my birth mom's parents, you know, to kind of start the process of meeting them. So they. I know they were nervous. I know they had apprehension about it, but I also know that they supported my decision to reach out and. I was always really open with them about how that wouldn't change the fact that they're my mom and dad. Well, and it seems like in a lot of, like, in this kind of situation especially, it seems like your parents are probably nervous for that just for your well-being. And that's probably it. You know, it's just really just thinking about you and all of this. It's not, you know, worrying about this, you know, any secrets coming up, which, you know, it sounds pretty cut and dry when it comes down to it. But, you know, it's that's really, I think, adoptive parents, their outlook on those kinds of things is really just making sure that your well-being is of utmost importance and you that, that you remember that through the process. Because like you said, yeah. it might not always end up perfectly or exactly how you wanted it. Right. And I'm sure that's... That's a lot to accept, and I think that's something people have to do before they... And I, I'm speaking from a totally inexperienced point of view but you know I think there is a lot of uh prep to be done at least if I were to do that you know and just kind of mentally preparing myself just for me you know and just making sure that I'm okay if something were to not go a certain way right so there's yeah there's again a lot of components with that and I think that's generally the point of view from adoptive parents uh in those kinds of situations 
Uh, with that said, um, is there anything that you wish that people would realize or maybe immediately kind of think of with adoption? Like, I feel like there's a lot of people jumping to conclusions that are, I don't know, a lot of people do assume that it is, like, young moms that, you know, can't take care of or they don't feel like they can or should take care of their child or that they can't give them the best life. But I guess, like, in in general, is there anything that you wish that people would immediately think of when it comes to adoption? I guess if I were to have them think of anything, it's first and foremost, it's not that when people are adopting a child, they're not buying a child, you know, that you're, this is, that is their child then, you know, and they're opening their hearts and their homes, and that's a huge process, just if you're just giving birth. Um, and when someone adopts a child, that child is theirs. I mean, it's theirs in all but blood. And I guess when it comes down to it, adopted children aren't adopted children, they're children, you know? Yes. And, oh, I love that. Yeah. I think that's really important, especially with making your child feel uh, like they belong. Yeah. It's just that, and I, I don't think I've ever heard an actually an, a parent ever say, this is my son and my adopted daughter. <laughs> like, I've never heard that. Right. Thank God. But I think there is kind of that, um, that is kind of mentioned here and there, and it feels icky. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like, I hate that, and I think that is, that's a really good way of putting it, too. Thank you. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay, you've had quite the story. <laughs> it, it, let me tell you, living it has been interesting. There were a few times um, where my friends, because when I first met my birth mom, I was in college still, they were like, this is better than the soap opera. Like, oh, sure, you was in college? Oh, my gosh. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, I mean, it sounds like things definitely went in a good direction. So, like, I'm really happy for you that that's where everything went. And, you know, I think it's really great that your kids especially, who, again, are just hilarious. I remember one of them really liked when I was in a dinosaur suit that one time. Oh, yes, I remember that. (laughs) Never forget. Oh, my God. I feel like with quarantine, I'm going to need to buy one of those pretty soon. Oh, no kidding. Oh, that was just so funny. I think that's just, like, a really cool place that you're going to have them in growing up is just having this constantly around them and, you know, again, hopefully broadening that horizon that we're kind of trying to do as well as far as getting to different generations and, again, making it part of just normal education because we kind of feel like that's totally missing at this point. Like, I I never learned about that in school. I never learned what that was. I just knew it because I was, you know? So. Right. A lot of different things there. Um, but, yeah, I guess with that said, anything else that you want to add to your adoption journey whatsoever? I think we covered a lot of the, a lot of the big twists and turns. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again so much for doing this. We love to hear yeah, every story. Great. Thanks for right. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. That, again, was my uh, old friend, Kristen. Um, I knew her from, like we mentioned, about four years ago. We were in a show, a community show together of Spamalot. So, oh, so great to reconnect with her and hear her story. Um, it's very different from any others we've, you know, done so far. So that, again, is, as I've mentioned, is really the goal here, is that we're trying to broaden the horizon and 
talk about each and every person's story because a lot of us feel like we haven't had the platform to do that. So if you do know anyone that is uh, related to adoption in any way, shape, or form, we would love to hear it. If it's a secondhand story via, you know, if you want to send a letter, we would love to start reading those in our podcast as well. Um, So please consider that also. And during this crazy time in our world, Please stay safe and healthy. Um, Be kind to one another. Do what you can for those who might be dealing with uh, a lot regarding their jobs or families or school or anything like that. Everyone, to a certain extent, is in the same boat. So just something to to think about there. Um, Again, thank you for joining us. And I'm going to try to do the usual goodbye without Erica, which is so sad. Um, Until next time. Later. Bye.